ESPN. Welcome to the following presentation from IMG, America's home for college sports, on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. And thanks for listening to University of Richmond Athletics. It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway in the West End. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, Virginia Birth Father Registry, Glory Days Grill, and Lux Chevrolet. Be a part of the show. Call us at 521 8501. Send your tweet to at Spider Voice. Text us 804-638-9508. Or send an email to spidersportsline at richmond.edu. Great shovel pass by Gilliard to Grace, who lays it in high off of the glass for two and a chance for three as he's fouled. Matt Grace with a tough finish through contact. He'll have an opportunity with a three-point play on the assist by Jacob Gilliard. Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, and head coach, Chris Mooney. This is the Spider Sports Line on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and the Spider IMG Sports Network. on inside and get warmed up because man it is cold out there so it is nice and warm here in glory days grill tonight and we'd appreciate it if you come in be a part of the program and help keep us warm tonight on a fridge richmond january night as we talk spider and college basketball with you as we do each and every monday night appreciate the great crowd that is already in the restaurant with us this evening if you're on your way come on by and be a part of the show with us tonight and have dinner and enjoy our spider and college basketball talk bob black with spider head coach chris mooney as always on monday night and two very special guests coming up in the program tonight associate head coach rob jones will join us and then spider freshman guard andre gustason is with us tonight and andre will join us a little bit later at the head table and we'd love for you to be a part of the program you heard the numbers just a moment ago but just to refresh your memory if you'd like to be a part of the show 521-8501 gets you on the air with us you can text us your questions at 638-9508 or email them to us at spidersportsline at richmond.edu we do have a few emails tonight we'll get to those a little bit later in the program uh chris good evening welcome uh, good to have you back with us on this monday night i know you came in all bundled up uh, us northern guys even us northern guys are cold by this weather aren't we even jeff butler's back there bundled up i think he, he pittsburgh guy we yeah. have the whole butler clan with us tonight yeah. don't we not ruth except for ruth. except for ruth but the rest of them are here waving to the adoring crowd yeah in glory days <laughs> at least ryan at least Ryan waved to yeah. everybody. So, all right. Uh, so we welcome them to Glory Days. I think Mike O'Toole brought them all in with him tonight, so we appreciate him doing that as well. Hey, Chris, I actually want to pick up a little bit. Um, I just saw John O'Connor's story uh, today, so I kind of want to pick up on his conversation to start our discussion about slow offensive starts and how that might affect what you're trying to do at the defensive end of the court. I thought it was kind of an interesting philosophy that you must have talked with John at some point about since since Saturday or maybe after the game Saturday and that there could be some correlation you're starting to think between a slow offensive start and how it might impact you even at the defensive end of the floor. Sure. You know, I've heard um, uh, Coach Hughesman and, and, and other football coaches use the term complementary football, you know, where the offense – whether it you know takes up a lot of time or puts the defense in you know good defensive field position and vice versa, and I think that's very true in basketball. And uh, <clears throat> I think that you know uh, if if number one if you have a if you have a slow start offensively, uh, that you know we talk about this as coaches that the tension builds not not necessarily outward tension from from anybody not not from the coaches to the players or even uh, amongst the players themselves. But there's just a raised level of tension when you when you don't make a basket or you don't make shots early, uh, and then when you come to that first media timeout, you know it just feels, you know, if if you're down uh, seven to two in a game, that's that's completely irrelevant, you know, uh, you know, that happens most games. And I, we used to always joke, Jim Miller and I used to always joke, the team that was down seven zero would usually win the game, and mm-hmm. um, but that that part of it's irrelevant. But it doesn't feel that way because it's. You know, you've prepared for two, three days. You've you've had shoot around. You've been met. You've done all these things, and then all of a sudden, 
you haven't scored, and especially if you've missed a couple of easy ones, it, it just feels like there's more and more tension, much more tension than should be on the fifth play of the game or sixth play of the game. And so then that that automatically impacts your defense. And, you know, I think it impacts a lot of things, um, but I think it really impacts your defense. I think as you get more and more experienced, you realize it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're, you know, you're just trying, you're just zeroed in on the next possession, and they're in some way independent of one another. Some ways they're related because it's transition or whatever, but uh, to just be able to deal with that and, and focus on that particular possession, no matter home, away, winning, losing, whatever it is, um, those things contribute to what you might do on that possession, but they don't they don't matter in terms of how you're playing. And I think that that builds for us, you know, that, that tension grows a little bit for us, and then we're just not quite as aggressive or, or we're a little bit preoccupied defensively uh, and like I said it's not it's not something that you know uh, is because the coaches are all over the players or because they're infighting or you know and they're going up to each other and say hey make the next shot and they're doing those things but the feeling um, it just it just isn't as positive and therefore it has a, a little bit of a negative effect and I think you know we've been at our best and most teams have been at their best when you know when you play complimentary where you're you know you're aggressive on offense you're playing you're trying but you're also not you're not that has nothing to do with how you're going to play defense you're going to come back you're going to be zeroed in your scouting report and what they're trying to do and, and how you can stop them uh, and then they start to complement one another as well as possible you know we we generally create turnovers or get steals uh, we want those to lead to easy baskets you know and uh, and so that that's a way that, that we play complementary basketball and I think when you're when you have a slow start that's that's harder and the, and the tension just naturally builds because even though it's three minutes it's the only three minutes of the game so far and so you know if you have a three minute drought right before halftime it doesn't feel quite as bad but the first three minutes of the game four minutes of the game i think it feels much worse was it even a little more impactful saturday because we were on the road i know you had said maybe it doesn't matter home away it just felt to me sure. as the first four minutes unfolded saturday i kept saying on the air it's only two to nothing it's yeah. only four to nothing you know you got to sense that you got to yeah. realize that but with the crowd and the atmosphere sure. it probably felt like it was a little more than that and then unfortunately it grew to more than that. Sure. It grew to nine to nothing. Yeah, exactly. And and I feel like you know we had um, we had two uh, we had we didn't have terrible possession. You know, as a matter of fact, they won the jump ball and threw the ball to bounds in five uh, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and then yep. uh, and then you know we missed um, you know we missed two driving layups right right at the basket. And that, that's what I mean. I think it's almost like that makes it feel worse and, and the road does you know does factor in it but that makes it feel worse like they were they were easy attempts so that we that we should score and i think for us too when i've talked to jacob and, and grant about it then they those guys feel like they have to do more now they have to do a ton for us but they sh and and they should be aggressive but they suddenly at this the feeling is is greater that they have to do more and um you know you, you know you have to you have to make those easy ones you know and um you know, you want to, you want to, you want to make shots or get to the free throw line or do something aggressive. But that, that's the thing. It wasn't like we were we were chucking threes and all we had. We had opportunities, and you know, when we came to the timeout at nine zero, we even said, you know, our, our defense had been pretty good, and they they hadn't. Um, I think they had made one three, but it was over a long course of time, and to just hang in there and be calm, and you know, and once it's nine five, it it, it kind of feels okay. But that growing tension at the beginning of the game is something we need to we need to get. You know, not have or avoid or mm -hmm. or get past much more quickly. Hey, I'll bring Rob in here in a moment, and Ivan's on the line. We'll get to him in a break, and Andre is here, and I want to get him up here for a couple segments as well. You mentioned a couple of the driving layups that missed at the beginning of the game, and one of the email questions that we had today, and I'm going to guess that somebody was watching or listening to the game and was a little bit frustrated with the missed layups and emailed and said, why can't they just dunk the ball? Do you implore your players when they get in position instead of just trying to lay it sure. up to if they're capable of it? Yeah. I know Jacob Gilliard is probably yeah. not capable of dunking it, but a grant and I'm not picking on the guys, obviously, a Grant Golden or an Andre Gustafson who have the athleticism and the ability to kind of take the unknown out of the equation and just yeah. dunk it home. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I had had the ability to, sure. to dunk them all. Um, you know. I, I think dunking is is uh, is a lot harder in half court offense than than maybe it would appear to be. Um, you know, when there are other bodies and uh, your own and, and nine other guys on the in, in close proximity, dunking isn't 
isn't quite as often so, such an easy, easy thing. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I do think that there have been uh, several opportunities actually for Andre to, to dunk and, and uh, fast break layup or, um, you know, he, he probably can. He is probably capable of, of finishing those with, with a dunk. Um, yeah, and, I, and I think there are probably opportunities where we could. I, I think that, you know, like uh, even a big guy, you know, you're catching that ball, unless you're a superior athlete, you're catching that ball and you're kind of immediately in a motion to go up where there's the least amount of defense. You know, guys shoot a lot of reverses under the basket. I think that's hard, <clears throat> hard to gather so much strength and, and energy to be able to dunk it every time. Um, but if, if, you know, I think if, if you can have the, if you have the chance to dunk, then you should dunk. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think it probably does. It's not quite as easy as, as it looks. All right, let me bring Rob Jones into the conversation. Rob, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. As an assistant coach in a situation like we got into Saturday, what becomes your role? I know you had the full scouting report, but when it's 9 nothing and you've got to call a timeout, what becomes the role of the assistant coaches, as Chris was talking about, to make sure guys are saying, hey, we're going to knock the next one down. We're going to still stay on our scout defensively. We're going to make this 9 nothing lead disappear because we still have a lot of time to go. Yeah, Exactly what you just said, just the constant reminders and, and having each guy hear it from – from a coach, from an assistant coach, from the head coach, just a consistent message, the the messaging of, okay, the next shot is going to go in. You know, let's not forget our defensive principles. Let's not forget the things that we've spent the last two days concentrating on because so often you can get wrapped up in the moment of what just happened, the embarrassing play, the bad call, whatever those things may be, and you get distracted. And so it's it's very important to just concentrate on the on the controllable things that are right there in front of you. You had the scout on Davidson, so what's the overall evaluation of what you saw Saturday? Because you're going to get another shot at them, obviously. Yeah, there were some things that, that we had prepared for, I think, that they had done in years past and, and how we had gone about it that might have been a little bit different in, in their approach that we hadn't quite seen in, in things that they had done this season. Um, so the unexpected things that happen throughout a scouting report and then having to make adjustments. Obviously, the younger that you are as a team, sometimes those in-game adjustments, especially on the road in a hostile environment when their game is not going your way, sometimes those things are difficult to, to adjust to on the fly. Obviously, you spent a lot of time on Kellen Grady and John Axel Goodmanson, and with obvious reason, uh, when a kid like Luke Frampton starts to get hot, mm-hmm. you know, what type of adjustments do you try to make during the course of the game? I realize his numbers were eye-opening enough that you paid sure. some attention to him, but you've never seen him play. I mean, in person and hadn't seen him play before. Yeah, the, the thing that we had talked about leading up to the game is, is making sure the guys understand uh, that he is a three-point shooter mm-hmm. and that, you know, he led going into that game leading the A-10 yep. in three-point attempts, leading the A-10 in three-point makes. So that, that messaging was, was there with our guys. Now, you can be aware of all those things in terms of a scouting report, and you can still sometimes make mistakes. You give a little bit of, a, uh, of an edge here or there. I think one of the things that Coach and I were talking about this morning is that it, sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. You know, he missed his first, first few threes, and then he gets a bounce off the back of the rim, and it drops in, and all of a sudden his momentum changes a little bit. And, and I think that, again, talking about timeouts, talking about adjustments, we're talking about awareness of Frampton. One of the difficulties with Davidson is it's not just Frampton that can make the threes. It's, you know, obviously he got hot and he had a good stretch where he, where he was shooting the ball really well. But all of them can shoot threes and, and all those guys can stretch the floor. The unfortunate part for us with, with Frampton is that, that we lost him a few times in transition that ended up being critical, you know, critical moments in the game. Um, and, and again, it was just losing contact of him. Hey, let me ask you one more question, and then we'll go to Ivan, and then I want to get Andre up here as well. And I probably would have saved this for later, and I've probably asked you this before, and I know it's part of your job, but tough loss on the road. We get on the bus. The first thing you do is pop on the tape yeah. and watch that tape back. Yeah. I think Coach Lewis was mm-hmm. as well. How difficult a part of the job is that for you when you know you got to do it, you got to for to do it, and you know you're not going to like what you're seeing yeah, on that tape. It's hard to do uh, from an emotional standpoint, but that's why the, there's an importance to watching the film, uh, our game film, especially in an opponent that we're going to see again down the road. It, there's an importance in, in seeing it several times, and, and I think that there were some times that, 
the, the, the first time that I watched the film, there were things that stood out to me that the second time that I watched the film might have looked a little bit different just from the emotion of it. Um, but I think that you're always you're looking at it from a standpoint of what are the things that we could have done better? What are the things that they tried to do? Uh, what was their attack? What was their approach? And then how do we offset that? Good stuff. All right, let's go to the phones. Ivan, you're up, and then we'll take a break, and Andre Gustafson will join us for the, the second segment after the commercial timeout. Ivan, hello. Good evening. Hey, Bob. Hey, Coach. Hope you all uh, stay warm tonight. Uh, Try to, Ivan. Say, that, hey, and that was a tough game to lose uh, yesterday, um, back on Saturday, but I'll tell you, the way your team came back, you just, you just ran out of gasoline. I just think... Uh, the way your team tried to come back and cut it down, only to have Davidson, you know, take the lead even bigger, and then to come back and cut it to, to the final score when it was 13, it just says that uh, your team has a lot of, it's growing, it has a lot of growing to do, but I really think the, the, the team all, overall just has to uh, get in their mind not to let the, the little things get to them so much. Uh, I think that's a great point, Ivan. I, I appreciate it. Bob and I had talked on the post game about pressing, and our pressing, um, you know, showed up and, and gave us some some opportunities. Um, and I think that I think that we potentially could be a pressing team. I mean, Andre is is I think somebody who could really turn into that. I think Nate has proven some ability, and so that that's that's good to see and 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 something good to have in our back pocket. I don't know that we're deep enough to press the whole game or. A, a, extra aggressively the whole game uh but yeah i thought there was a good fight and and I, I agree i think that you know part of the idea of or part of the um you know the reason that we need to continue to gain experience is not letting a little setback or a bad call or you know that we perceive as a bad call or a um you know even uh, you know uh, just an unfortunate play you just gotta you have to grit your teeth and go down back the other end and and, and try to play i mean we've you know, we've won many games where we, we were down nine nothing or seven nothing to start a game, and um, you know, with the scouting report on Davidson, um, you know, we're trying to use a similar scouting report we had the last four times we sure, played, and, right. and and they're going to make adjustments. We try to anticipate the adjustments, and um, you know, you're you're trying to do all these things and just concentrate on on the next play. And you know, I can see a huge difference in how Nathan Ko does that this year versus last year sure. and so that's again part of just experience and uh even jacob and and grant who have played so many minutes now they seem they seem older they're you know how they talk and how they respond is improving and um but but those are these are all challenges that you that, that you face and you know um you when you play at a level of basketball this high and, and the teams are this good and the you know the winning is this important uh that that's those are really really challenges and uh we're, we're getting better at them and and hopefully we'll we'll continue to improve in all those areas what can you tell us about your next opponent and what uh, should we be looking for so yeah st joe's has uh, well i'll tell you they they have uh maybe the best pro prospect in the league and a guy named charlie brown uh if he's not the leading scorer in the league he's one of them he's exceptionally fast athletic can really really shoot is extremely extremely aggressive and tries to score uh, when he has the ball and can score from deep range and get himself close to the basket as well um, you know and they have they've surrounded him with some some shooters and uh, you know they they've struggled here a little bit lately and they've had some injuries but the talented team and certainly with with uh, one of the best players and like I said maybe the best pro prospect in our conference well good luck coach I hope you come up with a big victory this week Thanks so much, Evan. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ivan. Let's take a time out. When we come back, Andre Gustafson joins us here at the head table. We will find out a little bit more about our Finland native, who is a spider freshman on the 2018-2019 uh, Richmond Spiders. We will also preview St. Joe's a little bit more. I've got some more email questions. We'll get to those as well later in the program and more from associate head coach Rob Jones as well. Stay tuned. Spider Sports Line, Glory Days Grill, ESPN Richmond, and the Spider IMG Sports Network. Buy the all-new 2019 Silverado truck at Luck. Chevy has spent the last 100 years making the most dependable, longest-lasting pickups on the road, and Luck Chevrolet has sold them that long. Whether it's refined comfort of high country, the aggressive capability of trail boss, or the functionality of work truck, the next-generation Silverado offers the right tool for every job. Call Luck Chevrolet in Ashland at 804-798-9261 or online at luckchevrolet.com and get your new truck from Luck. Luck Chevrolet in Ashland. 
Today, you have more choices than ever when it comes to where you purchase products, but you also have an opportunity to support companies that align with your values. The Original Mattress Factory hand-builds high-quality mattresses right here in your hometown. We believe in doing right by our customers by offering the best mattresses at factory-direct prices every day. So when you shop for a mattress, we hope you'll make the choice to buy with your values. Visit the Original Mattress Factory to see the OMF difference for yourself. Attention! If you have bad credit, you're probably routinely turned down for loans or financing. Safe Credit's team of FICO-certified professionals could help no matter how bad it's gotten. We'll examine your credit report and help you get it back to where you want it, allowing you to qualify for that new car, house, or credit card. We'll create an affordable month-to-month plan for you to repair your credit effectively. Some clients have seen results in as few as 30 to 45 days. Call 855-781-6910. 855-781-6910. 855-781-6910. For all things spiders, whether you're online, on your phone, or just on the go, it's RichmondSpiders.com. Scores, stats, standings. It's RichmondSpiders.com. Video highlights, audio play-by-play, and online ticketing for football and men's basketball. It's RichmondSpiders.com. Plus, exclusive content you won't get anywhere else, like the Spider Insight Podcast, Spider Voices, and game day info for Robin Stadium and the Robin Center. It's your home for your favorite team. It's RichmondSpiders.com. The timeout's over. Time to talk more Richmond basketball. This is the Spider Sports Line with Coach Chris Mooney from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center and live on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. This is the Spider IMG Sports Network. Wojcik outfights two Colonials for the rebound and races the ball into the offensive zone. Head of the key, Gustafson. He's open again. Another three. Whistles right home for a very confident Andre Gustafson with the Finland finish. Wow, does that change in the starting lineup look ever so smart right now? Ghost is really doing it and feeling it outside. He kind of turned around and shook his head after he let that one go. Good to see that kind of swagger, isn't it, from one of the Spider freshmen. That Spider freshman is with us tonight on the Spider Sports Line. That was from the George Washington game a couple of weeks back. Andre Gustafson poured in eight of the Spider's first 11 points that day at GW en route to a Spider victory, and he joins us tonight here on the Spider Sports Line along with Coach Mooney and Associate Head Coach Rob Jones. And, Rob, before I allow Andre to start speaking into that microphone, because I know once he starts talking, we're not going to be able to get him to stop. (laughs) I just know it. You, you, You were involved in the recruiting process and a different kind of recruiting process when you're talking yeah. international. Give us just a little bit of the backstory of how you came, guys came upon Andre Gustafson and how that recruitment is different than maybe a kid who goes to, you know, St. Chris, like a Nick Sherrod yeah. or something like yeah. that. Communication was a little different, you know. Uh, time zone differences and, uh, and everything pl- came into play much more than, than any other normal recruiting situation. So... Um, after our season had concluded last year, I was in the airport um, traveling, doing some recruiting, and I bumped into a, a friend of mine that handles a lot of international scouting and, and um, evaluation of players. And he had just um, done some, uh, had written a report about some FIBA international event and tournaments and he had actually seen Andre play several times and had seen him when Andre's high school team had actually come to the United States and played up in the Northeast against a lot of reputable prep school teams. And so he, I I told him a little bit about some of the things that we were looking for in a player and some of the challenges that we, that we face internationally. Sometimes it comes down to academics or um, professional amateur nature and things like that. And so uh, immediately he had said, um, Hey, I've got a, got a guy that I have in mind for you. He's from Finland and I didn't know much about Finland and certainly didn't know anything about the educational background. And uh, so he immediately started talking about these things. He said, hey, he's a great student. He's got great test scores, um, plays at a really good program, plays for great coaches. And then he mentioned the name Hano Medela. So Hano, which I knew the name, uh, Hano played at Utah back in the 90s, played for Rick Majerus, played on the Final Four team, played in the NBA for a little while and was a great player and so uh, we started talking and he started giving me some and uh, he gave me Hano's number to reach out to him and he said you know what actually their their season's still going and and you know which is rare at that point in time most high school seasons are done and and so 
at that point in time, I contacted Hano, and, and immediately he said, hey, we actually have a game tonight. Um, can I call you back tomorrow? And, and he said, he gave me that, that you know, seven-hour time difference. He said, hey, I'm going to call you at this time. Will you be awake? Um, I said, yeah, of course. You know, and, and so we started – we talked the next day, and then immediately Hano got me some game film and told me more about Andre as a, as a player, as a person, as a student. And, and so immediately I started watching game film. And being that they were, they were actually in a playoff series at the time, and so not only was I able to see that game and see a bunch of other games kind of as they were making their playoff run, uh, but Hano kind of gave me access to film all throughout the season. So I probably saw more film on Andre than, than I would see on any of the players, even here at, you know, locally. Right. So I was able to see a, a lot of footage. All right, Andre, let's take it from your perspective. What was the process like for you, for you to learn about the University of Richmond and eventually come to the Spiders? Well, it started in the middle of the playoffs. Hano comes to me during, like, a practice, or, like, after practice. is like, Richmond reached out to me. They're, like, interested. Like, so, like, they offer you a visit. Really good school, like, really good basketball. They had a player at Davidson, Mikkelsen, played last year, graduated. He asked him about the school, like, about the program, how he felt about them. And, what, was this a, a goal of yours when you were playing in Finland to come to the United States to play college basketball? Yeah, that was the main goal, like when coming to the HBA program. Is to the HBA is the Helsinki Basketball Academy where uh, Hano is, um, runs, the, runs the program, basically. Yeah, right. he's the associate head coach. What did you know about the University of Richmond and how did you try to learn more about it? Uh, I guess Coach Jones linked me a couple of pages, called me, told me about the school, sent me some pictures. I was like, I was impressed. A lot of who was the pictures. player from Davidson? Who, who Oscar played? Mikkelsen. Oh yeah, Mikkelsen. Oh, do you remember him? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do remember him actually. Yep. Um, what was um, what was your mind? How many times had you been over to the United States before you came here? Three times. Wow. What was, what was the family reaction to this? I mean, obviously, you're a long way from home, and uh, you haven't been home, have you, since since you came over here for the start of class, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. How are you handling that? Pretty good. Yeah? How, maybe more importantly, how's the family handling that? They're missing me, and I miss them. Yeah. But, like, Hano visited me. That helped a lot. Just staying in contact with my Finnish friends over here helps it. What's the basketball been like? Can you compare it to what you were playing internationally? I know you played, you know, on some summertime teams and that sort of thing. Um, what's the international experience like to what you're getting here? The international game is faster. We have a 24-second shot clock. That's why a lot of teams pressure full court. That's what we were doing. We're playing a lot more man-to-man, like denying the ball. And it was more like either help defense. You just got to, like, be in two places at the same time. It was like less standing and our offense were most, more of like you know transition rather than just like taking the ball and just setting it up chris how do you kind of compare and contrast the international game to what you know we're doing here at the college level and how he's adapted and how andre has adapted to our yep. game well i would say that the shot clock is a really is yeah. a really key piece you know 24 seconds i remember we were in the nit they they took it from 35 to 30 and it was really noticeable those yes, first few games yeah. so 24 is is has a plays a big part in it um and i think that i think we probably play more like a european team you know than than most teams in terms of um having skillful guys on the floor and shooting threes and um you know the the, the movements are probably similar but they do play very very fast um especially from you know from the from getting it out of the basket to up the floor they play very fast and those are critical you know take six seconds away that's pretty critical um and andre so incredibly gifted and and talented uh that uh, you know and i love how european basketball is played because of the you know very quick reads and quick decisions and everybody's asked to do everything and i think he's shown that already and um you know has an uh, an incredibly bright future because of how just how gifted he is and how physically and how he sees the game all of those things i think that experience has probably helped him in a great in a in a big way 
now in the starting lineup, obviously for the Spiders, one or two freshmen in that starting lineup along with, with Jake Wojcik. Um, what's the difference been for that, Andre, to, from coming off the bench where maybe you watch the first three or four minutes of the game and, and see how it's kind of unfolding as opposed to being a starter and kind of helping dictate how those first few minutes is going to go? What's, what's the mindset like for you? Uh, I just like to get started early. Like, just affect the game earlier. Like, I don't really care if I'm coming off the bench. I'm just trying to do my job and help the team win. Well, what was the George Washington game like then? Because obviously you made quite an impact at the start of the game. Was there a different feel or sense? And you heard our description on the radio that Matt and I had that, you know, you had that confidence. You had, I think I used the word swagger, when a couple of shots start start falling. Not really. It's just no? like <laughs> being confident in yourself, trusting yourself, and just – doing what you do what's the one part of the game here that you're really working on the hardest to to improve right now i'd say like shooting that's what i mean coach jones has been doing after every practice almost every day like and i feel like i've improved in that field what are you trying to do with him there rob consistency and 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 getting um having the same shot every time is really important having yourself on balance having yourself um from a physical it becomes a muscle memory type thing so much. And so you want to you want to catch the ball. You want to have it hit your hands kind of the same way. You want to follow through on your shot. You want to be on balance. So the more and more you can do those things, the the, the better habits you can get in. And, and Andre has, uh, as well as many other players, have, have been really good about sticking around after practice and, and getting in extra shots, coming in early, um, you know, getting in with coaches in the afternoon or even on off days or whatever it may be. And getting those reps, getting those shots, and uh, you got to have that, you got to have that uh, that rhythm so that so that your confidence can continue to grow to be able to make them in the games and make them in pressure situations. Andre, on the other end of the court, how would you say you're you're learning and adapting the defensive approach that that you guys take, and and kind of describe yourself as a defensive player because coach and when we talk about your athleticism all the time and you've come up with with some steals that have led to easy baskets at the other end just kind of describe what the defensive challenges are like for you well at first it was hard to like kind of understand maybe like the language barrier was a little bit of a problem at first like not understanding what the coaches were saying like not denying the ball that much not being that close to my player being in the right spots like learning just the pattern of the defense and like what would what like what kind of shots we want them to take and what are good shots for them to take. How did you try to handle that, the language barrier for you? And then I kind of want to find out, Chris, from you, how you guys also tried to handle it with Andre. How did you kind of adapt to what they were trying to say? That had to be kind of difficult, I would think. I'd say, like, patience. It's like every practice it was like, maybe at first it was like, I was kind of like, I felt like I wasn't, like, focused, but, like, I just didn't understand what, like, sometimes, because I wasn't expecting anything to be said. It was kind of hard to understand what they were saying. <laughs> like, as the weeks went on, it was like, it became easier. All right, Chris, how did you kind of handle that, knowing that it's not Andre not paying attention, yeah. it's Andre with the, the language situation? Yeah, just screamed as loud as I could. <laughs> uh, well, you do that yeah. with the American guys, too, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, I um, just, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I actually think we do a, a, a pretty good job at the assistance you know, we have good relationships and make sure we keep really good tabs on the guys. And, um, you know, certain coaches watch film with certain guys after all, nearly every day so that, you know, not only are they developing a rapport and they're talking about school, but they're also instructing. Uh, so I think that was a big part of it is me, you know, understanding what, what he didn't, what he may or may not have understood. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, also he, he has, um, um, you know, everybody when basketball comes in with habits, some are some are good, some are bad, and most most of Andres are good. But we wanted to change a little bit of the, um, you know, always denying the ball and 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 you know maybe putting pressure that we didn't think was worthwhile on the ball, and so that was something that we were just trying to change. So it wasn't only a language barrier, but it was such a different philosophy to try to comprehend. And um, but he's done a great job. He's he's going to be. You know, he had um, they cleared out. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the best player on Davidson uh, on a one-on-one opportunity. John Andre, Grady Andre, yeah, Grady and yeah. Andre blocked his shot in the half court and um, has stolen the ball. I mean, he, he's going to be. He has a he has a chance to be a really, really great defender. Uh, nice having a hard time guarding Blake Francis, 
which That's we a all good are, thing, which actually. we all are, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but that uh, he's going to be a, he has a, a chance to be a really exceptional uh, defensive player. I, I would agree with that, having seen him play in yeah. games defensively, and I really like that scouting yeah. report that it's been hard for you to guard Blake because we think he's going to be a terrific player uh, starting next year for the Spiders as well. Let me take a timeout. We're just past the top of the hour. Come back. I want to go off the court with Andre Gustafson a little bit. I uh, got a couple email questions for him that have nothing to do with basketball, but more growing up in Finland and what the transition has been like to coming to the United States. So we'll find out more about Andre when we come back with Coach Jones and Coach Mooney, Spider Sports Line. Thank you all for being here tonight. After the break, more with Andre Gustafson on 99.5-1027 FM, 9.50 AM ESPN. Do you suspect that a woman could be pregnant with your child right now? If you aren't married to the child's mother, your rights as a father could be at risk. By registering with the Virginia Birth Father Registry before or within 10 days of your child's birth, you can help prevent your future child from being placed into foster care or for adoption without your knowledge. You can also explore options to co-parent or assume sole custody. Don't miss your chance to be a dad. For more information, visit www.vabirthfatherregistry.com. Hello, Brooklyn. The Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship returns to the bright lights of Barclays Center. Join your team for five days of tournament madness, March 13th through 17th at the iconic Brooklyn Arena. Purchase tickets now at the ticket office of your favorite A-10 institution, at Barclays Center box office, barclayscenter.com, ticketmaster.com, or by calling Ticketmaster at 800-745-3000. Come to Brooklyn and cheer your team to a title in the NCAA tournament. ESPN Richmond is looking for an account executive to join our sales team. If you're passionate about sports, enjoy the thrill of sales, and want to grow your career with a great team, we want to talk to you. And here's a few members of our great team now. Hi, this is Matt Smith. I love working in sales at ESPN Richmond because the passion of our listeners and our on-air hosts is second to none. Hi, this is Nathan Thomas. I love working in sales at Radio 1 Richmond because I enjoy connecting the valuable listening audience to those businesses that support us and advertise with us throughout the entire year. Hey, this is Scott Hawthorne, Senior Sports Market specialist here at ESPN Richmond and I love working in sales because I love helping our local businesses grow. ESPN Richmond is home of the Washington Redskins, the Baltimore Orioles, the University of Richmond and many more. With a combination of iconic ESPN shows and local programming, we are the number one source for sports news, updates and exclusive coverage in Richmond. Please visit urban1.com slash careers and search under Richmond for our current openings. We look forward to meeting you. On Saturday, January 26th, come out to see your Richmond Spiders in an A-10 conference matchup against St. Bonaventure. Tip-off at 6 p.m. Our signature basketball and bruise event is back, and the Buffalo Wild Wings Spiderlings Kids Club presents a Pirates and Princesses pregame party. Visit richmondspiders.com today. Let's get back to Glory Days Grill and the Glen Eagle Shopping Center for more of the Spider Sports Line. Once again, here's Bob Black with Coach Chris Mooney, live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and the Spider IMG Sports Network. Great backdoor cut by Andre Gustafson for the two-hand dunk from the baseline right off for of the pass by Grant Golden. Gustafson's first points come with the slam. question Andre I think you had just gotten here uh, with Jason to the restaurants you probably didn't hear our answer but I had an email question from one of our fans about hey how about if our guys just dunk the ball more dunk the ball more we won't miss layups let's just dunk it how much fun is it when you get the opportunity to do what you just did in that highlight to be able to, to dunk the ball and show off that athleticism the coach talks about all the time it felt good but it also felt like safer I don't know like just putting it like dunking it because if you're laid up like for me, like sometimes I, like jump too high, and it's like layup is kind of a risky move because like I'm already above the rim. That's like what happened the two layups I missed uh-huh. in games. Well, keep rising above the rim and dunking. If it's safer, let's all we're all for that. And I will tell you, and I think I've told the story on on this show. And I this is the first time I saw it. Your teammates, I'm sure, have seen it from you before. But when we were in Florida at the end of shoot-around one day, and you guys were just kind of messing around before we got back on the bus, you did one of what I think is your now patented between-the-leg dunks. Is that correct? Yeah. You do that all the time? Well, sometimes when I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> is it allowed in a game? Yeah, I don't, maybe I don't not, right? So. I don't think so. It was, I'm telling you, folks, it, it was really impressive um, what, what you can do with your athleticism. Do you kind of realize the athletic ability you have at this stage of your college game or do you have to be reminded by your teammates and your coaches? Mm. When I came here, I had to be like, 
I was told that I'm like more athletic than I actually think I am, <laughs> which I wasn't expecting to hear. <laughs> Rob, you're nodding your head. How come? Every day. We, we would watch film, and, and especially when, when Andre got here, and it was every single day we're watching film, and, and there was he'd make a move and would stop short, or would it would almost look as if he was holding himself back. And, and so I, I was trying to, to explain to him um, – and again, I, I didn't want language to get in the way. And I said, do you understand how athletic you are? And, uh, you know, we would go over it time and time again and watching film and saying, you're so explosive. There's no one around you when you're making this move. You, you've got to continue to go. Trust yourself. Have confidence in how athletic you are. All right. I want to get to these uh, email questions um, that, again, come off totally off the court. But let me start with, with one more. Um, we talked about you transitioning to the college basketball game. How about the college academic life? Uh, what was that like for you in the first semester? Uh, how did you kind of fit in with classes? Uh, it was interesting, like, because it was in English. Like, the requirements are different. Like, you have to participate a lot more in class than in Finland. Because in Finland, it's more like lectures and just the final exam is great. And, and here it's more like 40% of your grade is participation. How did you handle that? And, and, and did you have to get you know help in those areas? I know we have a very good academic support system. Well, just Mrs. Courtney, who is our academic advisor, just told me that I have to participate more. Like, that's the only way to get a better grade. Are you more comfortable doing it now in yeah. semester two than you were in the first semester? Yeah, like as the semester went on, it became easier just speaking English. All right, so here are the questions that came uh, from one of our really good good fans and supporters out there. Again, all of these are way away from basketball entirely, to the point that I almost thought they were a little bit joking, but Andre, I, I kind of tipped them off on the questions. What towns in northern Finland are best to view the northern lights during the winter month, and is that something that is popular in Finland to view the northern lights? Fill us in here, Trey. I think it's more popular for the tourists to do it. So there's a town called Rovaniemi. It's what Finnish people think is the real house of Santa Claus. Huh. And it's kind of up north. It's in a state called Lapi. And if you go there, you'll definitely see a northern light. Is that something you've done, your family has done? Has it been an excursion? Or? I've actually never been there myself. So it is a touristy thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Um, have you ever been ice fishing? I would like to do it, but like I haven't. <laughs> is it a popular sport or hobby in Finland? I I'm asking that question. I think the norther you go, the more popular it is. But it's not that popular, like among the young people, like young people. Huh. What is popular among the young people in Finland? What do you, what do you like to do to relax and kick back? Well, I like to do it like in the winter. Is more like go to the sauna and just dipping in the ice cold lakes. Huh. Interesting. Either oh. of you guys ever been ice fishing? I have not, but I think Carolyn Center has been ice fishing. At some point, look, we're getting some hands raised wow. here. That have, that have, and they liked it, right? Andre, you got to go do it now. You got yeah, to. Maybe you'll take some of our spider feds with and, and do a little. It's cold enough here to do it, I can tell you that. All right, here, here's uh, the last one from this email, and then we'll let you get a little dinner here and, and enjoy yourself for a few minutes. Does your family back in Finland have the opportunity to watch our games on, on the Internet, even though it is a seven- or eight-hour time difference? How have they handled keeping up with your basketball playing? Actually, my big brother, who lives in Moscow, he's watched every game so far. And it's an eight-hour difference, which is even more than Finland. And he always stays up at, like, 3 a.m. and watches all the games. Always tells me I have to kind of rush back from the games and, like, text him because he's probably falling asleep always. <laughs> it's, like, 6 a.m. Is that an older brother or younger brother? Older brother. Older brother. But he stays up to watch them live. Yeah. He doesn't, like, wake up at a normal time and watch them yeah. on demand. He, uh, he watches them yeah, live? Yeah, he watches them live. And oh. then converses with you about them. Yeah, and right. my parents, like, they watch all the games that come early, or at least, like, at 2 a.m., 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> now, will they at all get an opportunity to get over here to see you play? Uh, maybe next year. Next year. All right, live. So they haven't been here, obviously, yet to see you live and in person, right? Not yet. Right. I mean, next uh, his mom came on the recruiting trip. Okay. 
but not not, but since, not since we started right. playing right. playing any games. But Rob, as you were talking about, um, all kidding aside, technology has really made this a little bit easier. It's brought us all a little bit closer together. It definitely has, and in terms of his recruiting, in terms of his family being able to watch the games, all those things are a lot easier. And just the, the overall communication. When we first started talking, I, we talked you know, basically every day. Even though the time difference was, was different, we were able to talk, we were able to text. No different than, than if we were recruiting a kid here in the States. Are you learning stuff as we go on these road trips and you're seeing, you know, new destinations in the United States? Obviously, you're very familiar with Richmond now and the university and, and the Robin Center, but everywhere we go has got to be new to you, isn't it? Definitely is. It's like <laughs> what, every... what, are you, what are you seeing? Is anything kind of opening your eyes as we travel, you know, across the country? Not really. Maybe just maybe strengthen the American stereotype I have. Like, for example, going to the Alabama, it's, it was like, more like what I envisioned of the states before coming over here, like stuff yep. like that. Quite, quite the learning experience. Well, keep, keep learning and keep playing well. Uh, we've really enjoyed watching you play and having you here tonight, and hopefully this won't be your only appearance with us. We'll bring you back real soon, all right? Thank you. All right, Andre Gustafson, Spider Freshman Guard, our guest tonight. Thank you, Andre. Really well done. Enjoy dinner here at Glory Days Grill. Let us take a break. We've got some more email questions for Coach Mooney and Coach Jones. We'll do that on the other side of a timeout. Spider Sports Line on ESPN Richmond. At CarMax, you have the freedom to shop the way you want. Explore our vast selection of vehicles at your local store, either on your own or with one of our helpful sales associates, or visit CarMax.com and search our nationwide inventory from anywhere. It's the best of both worlds, like a cockapoo, part cocker spaniel, part poodle. And what's not to love about that? So visit CarMax or CarMax.com and experience the cockapoo of car buying. CarMax. Drive what's possible. You know their names. You know their uniform numbers. You probably even know their stats. Now get to know them. Richmond student-athletes tell their remarkable stories in their own words. It's Spider Voices. Check it out at spidervoices.com and on Spider's social media. There's something different about a diamond from Diamonds Direct. It sparkles more. It's more brilliant. It stands out. People notice it more. You know why? It starts with owners who are obsessed with quality and perfection. Every diamond at Diamonds Direct is handpicked for maximum brilliance. We know how to get the perfect cut that gives you that magic sparkle. In fact, we're so picky. For every 100 diamonds we look at, we will usually only choose about five to bring back to our showroom. Then, to give you the ultimate in confidence, our diamonds are certified by the most stringent and most reputable American gem labs. In fact, Diamonds Direct has one of the largest selections of GIA-certified diamonds in the country. Our passion for quality extends to the rings we sell, too. Our engagement rings are not cookie-cutter. They're handcrafted by the world's top ring designers with intricate detail and true artisan craftsmanship made right here in America. No cutting corners, no compromises. That's why you can always spot a diamond from Diamonds Direct, where Richmond gets engaged. Short Pump West Broad Village, online, diamondsdirect.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Visit Glory Days Grill on the West End at Glen Eagles Shopping Center or on the South Side at Harborside Loop. Monday features a $5.99 burger night. Enjoy two tacos on Tuesday for $5.99. Come in for Rib Wednesday at $10.99. Nacho Thursday is a half order of nachos for $5.99. And don't forget Fish Fry Friday at $9.99. Glen Eagles is also featuring the men's basketball spider sports line with head coach Chris Mooney and player guests. Mondays at 5.30 during the season. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. For more value, more style, and more selection, check Good Luck Menswear. Home of the buy one suit and get two suits free. Yes, buy one suit and get two free. Or buy a suit and get a shirt, tie, hanky, socks, and shoes all for free. Only a Good Luck Menswear. Choose from the classic fit and Martin Slim fit in sizes 34 through 72 from Stacey Adams, Falcone, Stephen Land, Steve Harvey, and more. Only a Good Luck Menswear. Come take advantage of our annual winter clearance sale. Men's suits starting at $69.99. Sports coats starting at $49.99. Hats $19.99 and up. Dress shoes, $19.99 and up. Winter coats, $49.99 and up. Clergy robes, $99. Tuxedos for prom and weddings at $99. Don't miss this sale event. Men's suits starting at $69.99. Good luck menswear. Located at 48 Southgate Square, Colonial Heights, I-95, exit 53. Or call us at 804-526-7870. That's 804-526-7870. That's good luck menswear. This is the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. 
Final segment of our Spider Sports Line. Last 10 minutes or so, uh, we'll get to some email questions coming up here in just a moment. A couple of reminders, Spiders are at St. Joe's Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Our airtime at 6.30 on ESPN Richmond and our Spider IMG Sports Network. Game is also on NBC Sports Washington on uh, Wednesday night as well. That'll be a St. Joe's production, and we're fortunate enough for them to have it on on uh, NBC Sports in Philadelphia. And they're also sharing it with NBC Sports Washington, so you can watch the game as well. And one other promo and programming note. Thursday morning on my morning show that I co-host with Andrew Wallace, our Black and Drew Sports Huddle. Thursday is our Jim Miller morning, the gymnasium, and we have lined up Kenny Atkinson as our guest for Thursday morning, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, who are really doing well, and uh, texted with Kenny this morning, and he's going to be on at 9.30 Thursday morning to uh, talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA and reminisce a little bit about being a Richmond Spider as well. So we'll remind you about that, but be sure to tune in Thursday morning with Jim Miller and myself and Andrew Wallace. Uh, Ken Atkinson will be our special guest. All right, a couple more um, email questions. Uh, Chris and Rob, both of you to kind of chime in. I brought up the, the question that came from a fan about the dunking after a couple of the missed um, layups. I feel like the question kind of came during the Davidson game. The other one from that one, from the same person actually, was, you know, when we're not making three-pointers, which we weren't in the first half of that game, is there more of an emphasis to get our backcourt guys to just drive the ball to the basket? Obviously, Jacob Gilliard can do it and does it really well, but a guy like Andre Gustafson, even a Jake Wojcik, who we haven't really seen him with that part of his game yet, Chris, is there more of an emphasis to say, hey, let's just take the ball to the basket? Yeah, definitely, and, and I feel like, um, you know, to, to illustrate the point, I think, Davidson had eight fouls at half, and we had one. Mm-hmm. Just to illustrate the point of just trying to throw the ball inside, drive the ball to the basket, those kinds of things. You know, I think it's it's hard to, um, you know, I, I feel like when you're in the game, you know, number one, you don't want to say, "Hey, we're we're not making threes. Let's drive," right? Because you're talking about maybe four or five threes, and so maybe you're going to make the next eight, you know, uh, and then it, you know. But you all, you might want to say, hey, let's be a little bit more aggressive. Hey, they're playing us close. See if we have opportunities to drive. Um, so I think we do we do try to do that and talk about doing that. And I think that's something that you know we're we're trying to teach everybody to, to be a versatile player and be able to do everything. And I think that's a big part of of Jake Wojcik his in, in his development is being comfortable driving. He you know he shows it at practice. He's he's a very good dribbler. He's strong for a freshman. Uh, he can absorb contact and finish. Um, but we haven't seen it as much in, in, in the game. And, I feel, you know, I don't want him to settle into a role where that's all he does because I think that's a, you know, it makes you a little bit more easy to guard. So, yeah, I, I think we talk about it, but not in the way of like, hey, our stats are showing or we're not making threes. I mean, you have to, you have to play the possession and take what, take what the opportunity is, you know. And uh, I think it's rare. It's very situational where you would say, hey, we need a three this possession or, hey, we're not shooting a three this possession. You know, a three-point shot is, you know, a very makeable shot and what everybody has grown up with. So I think it's just more of your level of aggression. Individually, you might say, hey, I've missed a couple. I'm going to turn the next one down and try to drive. But I don't think quite as a team you would you would just base it on the most recent stat update and just say, hey, now we're going to drive. You also don't know if you're going to get the call. You really don't know if you're going to get the call. And so that, that becomes, you know, another part, another part of the issue. And there aren't many guards like Jacob Gilliard who can kind of feathery float that ball right. off the top of the glass and it yeah. drop right in for him as he's perfected and we've seen in the last several games. Uh, Rob, Chris mentioned on, on the Jake Wojcik front, you know, getting him – to increase his arsenal, and I know I watch you guys out there before and after practice, you and Marcus and Kim, uh, with Jake trying to you know take shots off the dribble where where maybe a defender will come flying at him because they know he's a three point shooter and he can take that one or two dribble inside the three point arc and take that you know seventeen foot jumper instead, right? Right. We work on that a lot with Jake, and it, it, so much of it comes down to rhythm and and confidence and and a feel t- uh, to the game or a flow of the game. And I think that for Jake, a lot of times um, early in the game, he's he's hunting a shot a little bit, and and so you got to play within the rhythm of the game, just like Coach was talking about. If if you set your mind to I'm just going to drive no matter what, you're going to put yourself in a really tough position. If you're setting yourself up for 
I'm only taking a jump shot, then you're putting yourself in a tough position. You have to play the game. The rhythm and the flow of the game has to just come to you naturally. All right, Chris, this is a little bit of a follow-up question on Jake Wojcik, but it's a two-part question. This comes from Pete uh, at SpiderSportsLine at Richmond.edu, another email. Seems as though Noah Yates has settled in pretty well. What's his status? He's our grad transfer, junior or senior, pending NCA review, meaning one more year or two. And the second part of the question, any chance he gets a start so that Jake Wojcik can reset and get confidence back coming off the bench? Sure. Well, so his status right now is unknown in terms of whether this is his final year or he has a year left. So we have gone into this idea that he would have two years left. Uh, Noah played football for two years at Yale, but never played in a game. So he, he went to Yale as a football player, was injured before the season both years. Then he played basketball for two years. Uh, and so as a grad transfer and an MBA student at Richmond, we're hoping that he'll get another year. So basically have, you have five years to complete four seasons of play, which is why a, a red shirt works five seasons to complete four years. He would be trying to get a, essentially his fourth season in a sixth year, right? And so five to play. So we're, we're asking that he gets another year to play, you know, a sixth year to play a fourth season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for somebody who went to Yale and, and, and isn't, enrolled in an MBA program, a lot of these grad transfer students might not have the same academic background or resume that he's building. Uh, and he was he didn't, in fact, compete his first two years. So um, this is something that will be determined by the NCAA. And, they're, they're, you know, with the NCAA, there's no timeline on it when, when we'll find out. We're doing everything we can to present them as much. And Yale is supporting him. To get to get uh, essentially a sixth year, again sixth year fourth season, right? Um, so Yale is supporting him. We're doing everything we can, but that that's unknown as far as his status goes. Um, we're hopeful, um, but that that right now is unknown. As far as him starting, I think you know there are probably a couple starting positions that are are pretty locked down as in most years, and all the other ones are are up for grabs. And so I think that yeah, that would be that would be something that could happen and. Um, you know, if, if we feel like uh, anybody was a be- better guy to start the game than another guy, then, then, then we would do that. And I do think he is, he's, uh, has played better and contributing more. You know, he's, as a, uh, he's shooting better and, and has rebounded well. So he, he's a really good player, and he can help us. And if that's in a starting role, then, then, then you know, that could show up for sure. He does seem to be that kind of glue guy or that guy who does some of the little things that maybe don't necessarily appear on the stat sheet. For sure. You know, he, he's a competitive kid. You know, he's a three-sport athlete. He kind of has a, a little bit of a knack for those kinds of things. He's tough-minded. So, yeah, he does he does do a lot of things that, that can help us. And he's a, you know, he's a great cutter. He, he's, uh, you know, he's a very, very good shooter. Um, and I think that, you know, he, he'll, he'll continue to progress and help us. And, you know, we're really helping – hoping that we have him around another year yeah. and working hard on that. And um, But, yeah, in terms of starting, I think that, you know, I think that those things are always on the table. And um, I think Andre going in there was has turned out to be a pretty good move. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see as we move forward. All right, final thought on the week ahead with St. Joe's Wednesday night and St. Bonaventure back home on Saturday to, you know, try and find ways to get some Atlantic 10 wins now that we're a couple of weeks into the season. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, you have to – we need to continue to do the, the same things better and, and continue to work as hard as we can and make sure the guys have good approach and good practice and, and good habits. Uh, that's what we really need to do. And I think in the games we need to do a couple things a little bit better. You know, we felt like Duquesne, Duquesne is a good team. We, we really put ourselves in a good position and, um, you know, had some a little bit of misfortune down the stretch, but 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 couldn't win the game we had to, we had to go on the road against davidson who's a really good team and great at home and 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 weren't quite good enough so i mean i think it's the you know these principles and these basic things that we're trying to do better and better and then in the game just a little bit more competitive and realize that that tip in or that deflection or that charge whatever that is that could change the game and that could be a really critical moment all right uh we'll look forward to wednesday night back in philly of course uh, an opportunity to get back into the backyard and maybe pick up a victory against Phil Martelli and the St. Joe's Hawks. 
on Wednesday night, and then St. Bonaventure comes to town at the Robin Center Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Chris, thanks. Appreciate it as always. Rob, appreciate you being with us tonight. Thank you. Thanks for your insight. And, of course, to Andre Gustafson, our special player guest this evening. Mitchell Bradley on location. Matt Josephson, our studio. Thank you. And thank you all for being here. Another great crowd. Love seeing you guys here at Glory Days Grill. Bring your friends next week. We'll squeeze them in somewhere. I know every table is full tonight, but we'll get them in here next Monday night when we'll be back with the next edition of the Spider Sports Line. Talk to you from Philly, 630, Wednesday night, Spiders in St. Joe's, 7 o'clock, right here on ESPN Richmond and the Spider IMG Sports Network. You've been listening to the Spider Sports Line with Coach Chris Mooney, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway. Tonight's show has been brought to you by CarMax, Virginia Birth Father Registry, Glory Days Grill, and Lux Chevrolet. Join us Monday nights from 530 to 630 throughout the college basketball season for the Spider Sports Line, a live presentation of the Spider IMG Sports Network and your home of the Spiders, ESPN Richmond.